It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 240 of the three-point podcast. We are partnered with our friends at Memorial Healthcare, home of the new now Community Wellness Center. Make sure you check out their fall open house coming up November 16th from 4 to 7. There's tours, raffles, smoothie samples from the Big Salad, all kinds of specials, including 50% off enrollment fees, a whole lot more. That's November 16th at the now building on North Shiawassee Street in Owasso. Also, we're teamed with SkyMint Cannabis, Michigan's leader in the industry. We're going to get more into this, but MSU players in the tunnel, they should have gummied up and mellowed out leaving the field. Uh, check out SkyMint for all think, of your needs. You like that segue? Yeah, I think that's one of my favorite like live plugs you've had. That was a good one. I liked it. They should have. They definitely should have mellowed out. You don't get all fired up, man, when you're on... Uh, some of the great product from SkyMint Cannabis. Make sure you also check out, if you're over 21, the new SkyMint Reserve featuring great profiles, including strains like Singapore Sling, Lemon 18, all the good stuff, Jared. Also, I want to thank our local partners, AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse and Hit and Pitch, Pearl Real Estate and Auction. Hey, let's throw a big thank you one more time out to NCG Cinemas. We'll talk a little bit about the... Uh, the turnout at Rivals, but they partnered up with us for the big Michigan State, Michigan party at Rivals, overflow crowd, and uh, that Jim Harbaugh autographed football was very popular. And fortunately for the Wolverine fans, a Wolverine fan took it home and not a Spartan fan that said he'd take it out and kick it out to M21. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is cool. The the pictures that you posted, yeah, we'll talk about it in a minute, but it looked like a good time. And again, thanks to our other sponsors, which include Nelson Health Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Well, I anticipate we're going to have a fun pod as we're going to give our thoughts on the game, the ugliness in the tunnel, and a whole lot more. Also, our prep spotlight, we'll look at the MHSAA High School football playoffs after week one. But why don't we just start with uh, the party there? Uh, Saturday night, you know, it'll kind of segue into the game for us. Uh, you know, we, we did get together with NCG and our friends at Rivals. 
Uh, we had a bunch of prizes to give away, including ESPN swag and that autographed football by Harbaugh. And uh, it was a big crowd, man. And it was uh, 50-50, I would say. I, right at halftime, I, I, you know me, I can ham it up with the best of them. And, you know, I got the crowd going with the green, go green, go white, go green, oh, go boy. white. And then the, let's go blue, let's go blue. You know, it was awesome. <laughs> So you were like one of those, uh, like at a dueling piano bar where, you know, they put the two buckets out, you put the money in Michigan state money in Michigan, whichever oh, one yeah. wins you play the fight song. That's basically what you were doing. Basically. It was you, kind of a, a flashback to uh, prior days in radio when uh, the castle really was getting up off the ground, did a lot of promotional stuff. Uh, you might remember, Matt, I used to do the, the sports forum program live on location at Risto's Bistro. Yeah. Uh, we used to have some good times. We used to do a lot of this stuff, working the crowd in between commercials. So it was kind of a flashback. I was, though, got to send a little dig out, and we'll get more into that with uh, Jared's uh, Saturday because I was I heard that the tailgate got canceled. I texted him and said, hey, man, what a beautiful day for a tailgate down in Ann Arbor. And he texted back, long story, I'm home or something. And then that was the end of it. Yeah. That was the end of it. For no, I explained to you exactly what was going on. First, you off. said your brother Josh was coming into town. Yes. That was it. Yes. So basically, what the plan was was Friday. First, let me just say this about your whole go green, go whites. I just imagine me in the back of this rivals bar. Uh, we all have dealt with these guys at bars before. Whether it's a karaoke singer, some some live band with a singer that just won't shut up. I just imagine myself in the back corner of this place, just shaking my head at you just putting on this absolute show for everybody. Um, well, I did hear, I did hear you made a comment about, geez, Ted's at the, at rivals is sitting in the worst seat possible. Is <laughs> you, that a true I mean, story? Is that true? <laughs> that was true. I mean, did you, when you, I, as far as I know, you reserved your seat. Yes. Why, why were you in the nosebleeds furthest away from the uh, projector screen? <laughs> First of all, Anybody that's been to Rivals, there's TV screens everywhere, and this, we did sit right when you walk in the front door to the right. We had a table for eight, and uh, you have a perfect view of the 10-foot screen. Uh, I, I wanted to kind of be off to the side, off in the back a little bit so I could, you know, have some fun, because at halftime when we gave the prizes away, I went right up to the front underneath the 10-foot screen. We had our table there, and that's where I took over the crowd, Jared. Someday nice. you'll learn how to do this. Well, basically, so my brother was flying in. He's supposed to be getting there at 530. Uh, I got a text a couple couple hours before that that basically had been pushed back until 830. Mm -hmm. um, from there, basically, I made the decision, okay, well, actually, let me backtrack. Before, when I realized he was surprising us coming back on Saturday, he's supposed to, not supposed to be here till Wednesday. I, as a good brother, figured, hey, I'll pick him up in the airport. I'll sit here, you know, I'll get some pizza. We'll watch the game. We'll enjoy it together. Uh, shortly after that, when I basically, right when I made the decision that I wasn't going to Ann Arbor, then I realized his flight was delayed. Mm -hmm. So then basically from there, you had to make a judgment call. And fortunately I didn't even really get to watch the game with him. It, it was just a dreary night. I, I don't know. I will get to the actual game. Yeah. It was a very stop and starty game, a lot of penalties. And it just was, it was just not a great game. I didn't really enjoy it. I think Michigan fans, you know, were pleasantly like maybe somewhat happy with it, uh, just because it's a win over Michigan state, but I didn't think we looked that great, and I didn't think Michigan State uh, looked great at all, obviously. Yeah, well, before we break it down again, where did you watch the game at? Your place or in Corona? I, I was in Corona, yes. Uh -huh. Okay, so there you go. How about you, Matt? What are some of your thoughts as we cut you out of the conversation here? I mean, it's a typical Ted and Jared show. Uh, 
<laughs> no, it was a good it was a good time. I mean, my parents are in town, so oh, started great. off with watching it with them. Um but yeah, it's just been a busy weekend work and hanging out with the parents. But yeah. I'm kind of surprised that Jared bailed on the tailgate as much as he was hyping it up, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I was trying to be I, a good I brother. Was a, I thought I was being a good guy by doing this. Uh, apparently not. I'll just next time. I'll just make sure. I'll just go to the tailgate. I, right. I was texting you before this. This is what cracks me up. I was texting you leading up to rivals. Never once did you extend an invite at your table that you had reserved. Uh, I never got an invite. I never got any sort of back and forth. Um, so I almost blame it on you. If you had nicely said, Hey, I got an appetizer waiting for you and a nice ice cold Bud Light. Guess what? I would have been right down there watching it and then handing out the prizes with you starting to go, go green, go white chance. Uh, and we would have had a great time, but you didn't do that. I, I think I, I think I did it, find out what you were going to do. And you say, you're going to watch it at pops is, is the comment, Matt, you got to break this tie. He knew where I was going to be at this whole time. We've hyped it up for three weeks. He needs a special invite. And by the way, I did buy the table courtesy of three point podcast. I covered my pals. <laughs> I mean, I would think that rivals is an open invite. I didn't, yes. I wouldn't think that you would need like an invite to get into rivals, but I don't know. <laughs> Well, Honestly, we'll leave. I didn't. I didn't think twice about. It. I. I. I should have been there. What I promise you, I would have had a lot better time there than sitting on a on our couch in my living room with ten people on it, uh, <laughs> squished and in, in uh, Main Street ordered pizza from Main Street, and <laughs> literally they were so so booked up that it took like three hours for it to finally arrive. I think it was in the second half by the time the pizza even got there. So right. no, I. I mean, you don't need to make fun of me anymore, Ted. I believe me, I'm kicking myself more than you could ever uh, throw barbs at. Well, I'll speaking close of that, this. I don't know if this if it was the case for Main Street. So Friday, uh, I mentioned my parents are in town. They yep. they they usually now with their trailer they come down and camp. And uh, nice. at the campground where they're at, we ordered pizza on Friday, and it was kind of the same thing. You know, typical Friday. It was busy Halloween weekend, all that. Delivery was going to take an hour and a half, and we knew this pizza place was kind of basically around the corner from the campground. And I was like, well, how long would it take if we went and picked it up? And my mom was on the phone with them and they were like, oh, you know, 20, 25 minutes. So I was like, well, let's just, I will just go pick it up then. Heck yeah. So could you have just gone to Main Street? And I mean, well, no, here's your parents are far up. away from Main Street. No, that's funny you mentioned that. Here's how backed up it was. We could not get through to their their phone oh. lines. Uh, we could not get through. So we basically had to literally drive in uh, in person, place the order in person uh, and then make it a delivery because they were that filled with orders. Same way with rivals. Yeah. shame 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 you would have had a great time man you would have had an awesome time but uh, you missed it well we'll end it right there you know i don't think we got anything else to catch up on we got to get into the michigan michigan state game and we'll do that right after this az printing solutions formerly hankered sportswear is a full service print shop that specializes in screen printing digital printing and embroidery They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. 
Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, fellas, I don't know. I I definitely want to hear your thoughts on the game. I I got a feeling we're going to be all over the place a little bit here, but Michigan wins 29 to 7. Who wants to start it off? I guess I'll just chime in with, you know, throughout the game, throughout the season, I guess I think we've all voiced a little bit, maybe me more than you two, the frustration with Michigan's offense, I guess, just being so vanilla. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do agree, Jared, I think you've been saying at least the last few weeks, how at least leading into this game, especially Michigan State has no identity. Is it just Peyton Thorne? Are they trying to be Ohio State, you know, throwing it all over? They don't have Kenneth Walker anymore, so they're not relying on the run. Michigan has an identity. It's clear. And it's Blake Corum and and the run game and that dominant offensive line. And the other side of it, too, is, you know, as as frustrating as it is, they make the move to J.J. McCarthy. You want to see him start throwing it all over. We're supposed to have all these great wide receivers and everything. It is – Jim Harbaugh has been this coach ever since he was at Stanford. You know, like he is a classic Bo Beckler. You want to establish the run. You want to control the clock. You want to just grind away these wins. And he's not going to change his ways. Yeah, there's times that they, you know, have to throw it 35, 40 times or something. But it's almost like you have to come to a realization that Jim Harbaugh is Michigan's head coach. This is who he has always been. Even if J.J. McCarthy is the quarterback, you know, they're going to let him throw when he needs to. When you've got a running back like Corum, when you've got a an offensive line like they do, this is really the, the game they want to play. And, like, as frustrated as I was watching, being like, come on, open it up. Like, get this score going. I think that, honestly, like, thinking back now, I think the coaching staff just knew they were going to win this game. Basically, don't shoot ourselves in the foot. Don't turn the ball over. Don't try any crazy trick plays and throw interceptions and fumble. Do all that kind of stuff. Let's just rely on Corum. Give the ball to Edwards when we need to. Let JJ run a little here and there. Our defense is going to do what they need to. And and you know they knew they were going to win. Basically, it is almost how it. Looking back or you know thinking back on it, I think the coaching staff knew the whole time they had this game in hand. They just had to like take care of business. It would have been cool to see him put up 44, 50 points or something like that, but they didn't. They still won. They still won by 22 points. It was fine. Am I alone in thinking, and I said this in instant reaction, and I've been saying this you know, for a couple weeks now, we have McCarthy. You know, he's. We all would say he's probably a better passer than McNamara, especially you know, better arm, better deep ball thrower, it would seem. Have we seen him hit one deep ball this entire year? I feel like we haven't. And, and I know we have the Coke offensive coordinators one thing that i've noticed every single game this year we've wet michigan has had the uh color guy has been ragging on these coordinators whether it's joel Klatt, whether it's blackledge uh whoever it is they 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 think that this offensive system is just flawed and i don't know how you don't think that from watching uh that game against michigan state i almost feel like i need to like go into the locker room and on like the the whiteboard you know how there's like those charts when you were a kid or even they're still nowadays where it's like you know, pick yes or no. Okay, you pick no. And then if it's like, for example, if it says like, uh, if it's first down, hand it off to Corum. 
mm-hmm. and then like they'll have like different you know alternate endings where basically everything just on this like big chart just leads all the way back to handing the ball off the quorum. That's what I feel like they need like on the back of their play sheet. It feels like way too many times. It's like you know first down and ten we go pass. I understand that you're trying to like switch it up every now and again. But we were Corum was running the ball at will, and he was in the zone. I mean, after every run, he was flexing on him hard that entire <laughs> right. second half, and it's just frustrating watching how they just seem so vanilla. And and, and I understand that you know they don't want to make mistakes, and McCarthy you know has a great completion percentage and all that, but it just seems like to beat an Ohio State or to you know obviously we want to win a college football playoff game. That's kind of our big goal now under the Harbaugh era it really seems like we're just going to need more from our offensive play callers than what we've seen this entire year, not just on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you both have good points. Uh, I think uh, your, your point about uh, McCarthy, I could see why they made the switch at quarterback, but he has not mastered the deep throw touch yet. You know, he's got the arm. There's no question about it. And he's definitely a, a better runner than McNamara, but I think, uh, you, I think you might have tweeted it or something that McNamara seemed to throw the long ball better, and I, and I agree with that because he put a little air under the ball on those deep routes last year. I think JJ will get it. Uh, and and to your your point about the coordinators, I agree with Matt. I think Michigan knew they were going to win this game. They still ended up winning by twenty two. You know, they ended up with five field goals, so they didn't get points as much as they could have gotten. So. I think all in all, and let me ask your opinion on this too, Jared, because last week we talked about it. Are you just, uh, this a whole home win? It's a good win for you? Because 22 points, you beat the Spartans. You knew damn well they were going to come out on fire ready to play, you know? And and it went just like I said in my instant reaction. Michigan was going to wear them down. Sparty was going to play with them early on but the better team was going to prevail, and they did. I don't care if they win by 40 points. they got to win one game at a time, and all I care about right now, they're 8-0. Do they have to make adjustments if they get to the Big Ten championship game and perhaps the playoffs? Yeah, they do, but that it's a work in progress, and, hey, we're just coming up on November right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is you. we, saw, we, we got a taste of it last year. You know, we beat Ohio State. And then went to the playoff and just mm-hmm. got absolutely trounced by, you know, basically like a generational team in Georgia. <laughs> so it is kind of like, okay, we're basically doing the same thing we did last year. We're just pounding the run. Yeah, that's great because like you've said, Jared, like this this formula, you can win every Big Ten game. You know, I think Ohio State, I've said a few times, it's basically a flip of the coin. Will, will this offense work against Ohio State? I guess we'll see. But against Minnesota, Illinois, Michigan State, Penn State, this is the formula that you need to win these games. So it works. But, you know, the bigger picture, like you said, is, is you want to win a college football playoff game and then maybe the national championship. And I don't know if this kind of offense is going to work against uh, a Tennessee or, you know, Georgia right. again or something like that. So that's where, you know, obviously they're practicing the passing game when they're at practice. But at some point, you you know, you got to do this kind of stuff in, in a game and get yeah. comfortable. And I'm starting to wonder, you know, this whole season – it's all been about JJ and, you know, people are starting to wonder like, yeah, can he not throw the deep ball or whatever? Maybe this receiving room isn't as great as we thought it was, you know, like I've seen people, whether I think clap maybe, or a couple other people yeah. have broke down some plays and been like, these receivers just aren't getting open. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, McCarthy is still, you know, fairly young in his quarterbacking days. Maybe he's still making like one or two reads and then taking off, you know, something like that. But maybe these receivers just aren't getting open for him. 
You know, yeah. I, I kind of wish Andrew Anthony would play more. He seems like the best or at least like the most talented receiver. He doesn't touch the field. So maybe that's coming down to it. But yeah, at some point, the other thing is too, you can't, he seems like he can hold up, but if you're going to give the ball 30, 35 times a game to Corum, I don't know if he's going to be around come the Ohio state game. You know what I mean? Like you got to do some different stuff. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know what, what the formula is. It's working right now though. <laughs> yeah. I came to that same realization during that game uh, man, about these right, this wide receiver core. I, yeah. I, I honestly, I mean, it's does, does they have better wide receivers than us? I honestly think they do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah Those yeah, top two really, for sure. Two of them. It certainly looked like it on Saturday. And the funny thing about it was how they were uh, Blackledge was saying how the, coordinators told him like Edwards if he was a wide receiver he'd be our best wide receiver when I heard that I was like well why is why is he only like a spell back why is he right. only in you know one every four plays let's just have him on the field all the time I mean we've noticed that he, he is probably our fastest guy on the team uh Andrew Anthony I, I just feel like we need more deep threats is yeah. Roman Wilson a deep threat is Ronnie Bell a deep threat it, it doesn't really seem like it uh and so I don't know if it's putting Herring in more or right. if it's Andrew Anthony or if it's Edwards like we Edwards beat out there Use Edwards and Coram, you know, put Edwards in the slot and put him in motion. You know, I, they could definitely do that. They did yeah. last year, didn't they? Did they yeah, they did it a few times. I mean, and, and it's worked even this year that they yeah. ran him out on little wheel routes and stuff like that. He clearly can catch the ball. Right. So, you know, and, you know, we're, we're trying to, I've, I feel like we're splitting hairs here trying to yeah. criticize this. You know, you said it, <laughs> I know. Ted, you know, they're, they're eight. No. Right. And I saw someone earlier today tweet something like, if I was, com- if I could look back and complain about the things I'm complaining about now, yeah, during the Rich Rod era and Absolutely. during you know a couple of those hoke years, you know, I'd be, I'd be pretty happy. You know, we're like I said, we're splitting hairs here. And mm-hmm. the other thing is too, like I, when I was talking to my dad this morning about the game, and he was just asking like, what what are people talking about with the game? And I was like, you know, people are being critical, but really overall, Michigan dominated that game. I mean, in the second half, mm-hmm. I think Michigan State had like 60 total yards. And 50 of them were on that one deep ball to Coleman, right. you know, in the fourth quarter. Otherwise, you know, you almost feel like at halftime in that locker room, and we'll talk about locker room stuff probably in a minute. <laughs> yeah. In that halftime locker room, I I feel like Michigan State's coaches had to be like, listen, we got this. Like, let's just do what we got to do. Don't screw up, you know, yeah. and we got this game. And- because that, well, that third quarter, that third quarter, Michigan State only ran six plays. <laughs> right, right. That I mean, the defense has been great all yeah. year. And, and I would give State props, man. I mean, that fourth and one, Mel Tucker, I don't know if it was his call. I don't know if the offensive coordinator call. Maybe they were <laughs> – how funny was that? If people can't, who are listening, Matt just did the chop signal. I'd never noticed that that was something they did, like, nonstop throughout the game. You know, it's obviously whenever something negative happens, that's kind of like their, you know, stay, stay to the course uh, type thing. Uh, but Mel Tucker, he was having an aneurysm on the sideline every time they cut to him, especially that first like uh, quarter or so. It really seemed like he was on edge. Um, but my but wife, speak, think- speaking of that, my wife was watching at least for a little while and she said, not to yeah. carry off to her, but she said that a few times, like he looks really angry. She was Is like, he the angriest man in America. Like, my goodness. Who responds to that? I'm just like looking at that man, dude. If he's like looking like that on the sideline and, you know, we saw the video after the game where he's slamming locker room doors. Right. I don't know. You don't see Harbaugh doing that type of thing. I'm not saying Harbaugh is a perfect coach, but uh, first can compare the two. Uh, But I can't shake this feeling. I know you guys have it as well. There's something off about this offense. And, you know, it's the the, red zone to me. Yes, exactly. It's and it's it's like given how well we run the ball. 
it seems like we should be putting up a lot more than 29 points against the worst, maybe the worst defense in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And we were really trying to run it up on them. We can't yeah. argue that. And the most we could right. muster up was 29. The red zone, I, I just don't understand it. That's when play calling is really critical. You would think that with the ability to run it down anyone's throat, that we would be one of the best red zone teams in the country. And I think we might be one of the worst. Yeah. It's just it's something to that we all know will be our eventual demise. But for now, let's just soak in this victory. Yeah. But do you guys did you guys not agree with me when I said like it was just a weird feeling game afterward? I didn't really feel super high. Uh, I didn't feel su- super low. Obviously, I still you know great feeling beat Michigan State. But in terms of beat Michigan State, this is the weirdest I felt after it. Mm-hmm. It just was a very weird game, very stop and starty, tons of penalties. We were all kind of frustrated with the Michigan offense throughout the whole game. It just maybe I'm just being a disgruntled baby and, and I'm not being grateful, but that's just how I felt. I can't tr- change how my gut told me to feel during that game. Well, it wasn't like the, when, when Shea Patterson and, 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 you know, that crew ran up 50 points and basically sent D'Antonio packing, you know, it wasn't that kind of feeling. It, it kind of just felt like this is how it was supposed to happen. Yep. Blake yeah. Corum ran for 200 yards. Yeah. Yeah. We right. beat him. And then, you know, obviously again, I keep referencing stuff. Other people say, I saw someone, say basically what you were saying, Jerry, they were like, this is really going to be a pretty unmemorable Michigan, Michigan state yeah, game really until was. those fireworks in the tunnel in the locker rooms. And then now that's, you know, all anyone's talking about, but if, yeah, it I mean, would have been much worse had Michigan lost yeah. and Tucker was three, and zero against Harbaugh, right. Then it would have been completely different. <laughs> well, let's get into that a little bit. And by the way, I do agree with that Michigan has to come up with a better plan in the red zone, but let's, yeah. let's, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm it's gonna, all. It's cool. It's all good and well to have the best kicker in the country, right? At some point, you got to score touchdowns. I, I'm gonna have a take here, and you know, it's gonna it's gonna sound probably a little wimpy, but you know, it started with Franklin, and then we've had this incident. And we're gonna get more into. And Jared, you've been there. Matt, you've been in that tunnel. They gotta do something different. I mean, I know they're not gonna do teams coming out in different tunnels, but they got to have a little better control to have instead of having both teams even in that tunnel coming out for the game at the beginning and leaving at the end. Do you agree? Disagree? It's just a recipe for this kind of stuff. It's no excuse. It's not, there's no excuse for 10 players kicking another player on the other team, but they could maybe alleviate some of that. Just a thought. I mean, yeah, definitely. But it's also one of those things that's been, this is the way it's been done ever since that stadium was built. And it seems like only the last couple of weeks, it's really yeah. become an issue. You know, there's I been a there's couple been other, maybe... there've been other altercations. Yeah. In there not before. like this though. Not I mean, like it's... this. I, I think I, I blame this to the pandemic and politics and everything else. Everybody's just angrier than they used <laughs> I mean, to be. That's possible. <laughs> well, you could also then say like, you know, airplanes crash sometimes. So should we just stop flying airplanes? I hear you. you know? Well, think about, think about the coaches on both those. And, um, and uh, it's, it, if it was Michigan, I'd say the same thing. I mean, we've seen it in that tunnel where it's like an Ohio state whoops our ass and then yeah. they're trash talking Michigan. So we, we've felt it that way mm-hmm. in our own home stadium before. Mm-hmm. Um, but look at the two head coaches. I mean, you got James Franklin, who remember a few years ago in Michigan State was, you know, sprinting off field. He's had the uh, problems with Michigan, Jim Harbaugh. Then you got Mel Tucker, who Ted, you were just saying, or Matt, you were just saying how your wife was like, is he ever happy? He's the meanest, right. look, the meanest guy in the entire world. So I think the players definitely embody that yeah. uh, a little bit. As for the actual altercation, right. um, I'll be honest, I, at first, I didn't really have too strong of an opinion on it. I didn't know, you know, with something like that, we didn't really know all the details. We only saw the one little video. 
surely number one, uh, you know, not Andrew Anthony, which a lot of state fans really wish it was, mm-hmm. you know, number one clearly went into the tunnel and was definitely like chanting something or talking a lot of trash that I don't think it was totally, you know, just all of a sudden they just decided to jump this guy because they lost. He was definitely antagonizing a little bit. Yeah. But regardless, who cares, man? Just let him go. How many times have we lost a a matchup? Ted, you lost nine your senior year. How many times have you lost a game? What do you mean? Nine? Lost nine what? (laughs) How many, how many times have you lost a game? And you've had to go through that handshake line. Yeah. And, you know, whether they say something to you or you just know how pissed off you are and how snarky they're acting, that you've wanted to do something like that, but you restrain yourself. Had right? to, yeah. And right. and so it's just at that point, man, you just got to blame it on these state players. I, I, it just was a weird, bizarre situation. It was looked like something out of, like, he was getting jumped on the street. You know, it right. just was right. a scary situation. Uh, and it was just bizarre, all the different people sitting around watching a couple guys just swing helmets at a guy not wearing a helmet. It just was right. crazy. Definitely crazy. And, you know, kind of to, to answer your, your question a little bit, I mean, Ted, the, the one that you asked at first. Yeah. I mean, I do definitely think, like, kind of part of my answer is what Jared said. I mean, people, you just shouldn't act like this. You should maybe take the high road, you know. It, it, but also kind of what I said earlier, it's been this is how they've done these games at the big house ever since it's been built. They do when they come out separate the teams probably right. to avoid some altercations or whatever. But you, we've seen pitchers after after Michigan beat Penn State. The whole peanut butter and jelly thing was at halftime. After Michigan beat Penn State, players were in the tunnel together, you know, dapping each other up, saying, mm-hmm. hey, what's up? You know, they're all friends, you know, after the right. game, you know, whatever. Obviously, this rivalry may be part of what you're saying about the COVID and politics and everything. This rivalry, you know, the debate is always – Who's Michigan's biggest rival? Is it Michigan State or is it Ohio State? Obviously, Ted, you're always going to lean Ohio State. Jared, you're probably always going to lean Michigan State. I've kind of seen the, you know, both ways a little bit. This rivalry has like a different kind of like hate. It's like anger. You know, Michigan and Ohio State, you just just dislike each other. It's just like an annoying, I can't stand Ohio State. Ohio State people can't stand Michigan. But Michigan, Michigan State is almost like dangerously – the hatred is just like, you know, people are going to fight. And, you know, yeah. like we've seen it all the way back to like Taylor Lewan and Devin Gardner was getting his face like pushed into the ground. And there's just always been all this stuff all the way back to, you know, Mike Hart and, you know, his comments and everything. This this rivalry is just different. It than is the Ohio State one to a point where 10, 6, 10, whatever it was, players are jumping to Michigan. Uh, Michigan State players are jumping to Michigan player. Before you jump in, Jared, I just want to make a quick comment on it. It just came to my mind. I agree that Michigan dislikes Ohio State. I think to a certain extent they respect them, but I don't think there's any respect on either team between Michigan and Michigan State. And you can see it leading up to the game with all the yapping going on. Uh, You don't don't hear a lot of that between Ohio State players and Michigan players before that big game. Yeah, I think a big right. part, a, a big part, I think, is because the players now are more Jared's generation. Most yeah. of what they've seen growing up is Ohio State dominating Michigan. So they <laughs> right. probably are a little bit like Jared, like, why is this such a big rivalry? I don't really get it. Right. They've just had it pounded in their head that this is the most the, this, this is the game, Bo and Woody. But really, the hatred is Michigan State. That's that's really where it comes from. I agree with that. Yeah. It, it, 
It was weird. What do you guys make of number one running? Like, you know, how he kind of ran into the, and ran into the tunnel. Almost like we saw, we all saw the wide video where basically it's Michigan's waiting for these guys, Michigan state to go in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. You know, we're waving them off. That's hilarious. And right. this guy basically takes it upon himself to, you know, run into the, into the tunnel with the state team. If I saw that as a state fan, I would be like, okay, this guy clearly went in there with trying to start something. Right. Um, it took some balls to go in there by yourself against a hundred other guys. And we saw the result. Um, it, it just, I don't think if I'm Harbaugh, I'm not giving that guy like a pat on the back. You know, I'm definitely, right. you know, right. giving him a little bit of a talking to, you know, maybe he, maybe the punches are enough punishment. Um, but I just, I, I don't know why they, why he did that. You're, it, I agree. And I, I, yeah. I didn't break it down frame by frame. Number one, why did he have his helmet off? Did it get ripped off or did he go in there without a helmet? Number one. And it just, it's my perspective, just without seeing it, like I said, frame by frame, that he's doing this, he's taunting him a bit. One of the state players probably shoved him. He might have tripped, went down on the ground, and then all of a sudden it's the swarm is on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when he was skipping into the, the tunnel, he had his helmet off already. That's what I thought. So, you know, and it, yeah, it's one of those things, like he put himself in that situation. Like, is he at fault? No, because you shouldn't expect to get jumped the way that he did. Right. But he also could have avoided that situation and just waited for the Michigan State players to get in. And, you know, do you really have to talk trash to them? They know they just got their butts whipped. So, you know, like it doesn't really matter but you know he also didn't expect to get jumped the video shows him like i mean he literally got assaulted i mean they, yeah, were, pull, yeah. they were trying to pull him into the locker room and who knows what they would have done if they got him in part of the disappointing thing too is there were state police in there doing i was nothing. gonna make that same comment and michigan state police just standing there not doing anything yeah there's other, so many other adults just there. watching i saw a video of like a one coach i don't know if he was a coach or you know some grad assistant or, you know whatever he was just filming it yeah it's like <laughs> What what is then that's my generation, man. What is right. wrong with my generation? Why is that the first move for everything is Get to immediately camera. pull out the stuff? Like there's literally a guy getting like attacked by 20 guys, and there's a guy three feet away just filming it. Yeah, right. And from what I can tell, he's wearing a like a Michigan hat. Just I'm just gonna film this. And and I don't I mean, maybe I wouldn't step in, you know, 20 got 20 players against one. I mean, it's kind of a losing battle. Uh, but one thing I did find, and this is what really made me kind of think like, okay, this is a Michigan state problem was the Michigan state's president basically came out and admitted how poorly they acted and mm-hmm. how, you know, t- coach Tucker is going to levy all these, you know, whatever consequences from it. That thought that was eye opening. It's pretty rare that you see uh, when we don't know any of the details, it's interesting to see them come out and say that there must be more to this story that makes it even worse for Michigan state. Right. I would think. And also it's like, you know, even if you would say one was an idiot, he was dumb. He started this whole thing. All right. So Michigan had one dumb player do something. State had about 20. So right. if you look at it that way, I, I just, just a sore, sore losers, man. I mean, well, it was, it was a bad look for MSU. There's no question about that. It was just a, it was a bad, bad deal. It, they're fortunate. The kid didn't get hurt worse than he was. Right. I think well, there was two players for Michigan involved. Wasn't there? Yeah, I believe a yeah, broken, a broken nose. Yeah. was the result. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, they're saying that, like, the you know, they're doing a full on investigation of this to see, like, yeah, if, if jail time is going to have sure. to be handed out. So I'll, I'll be very curious. And then I, I think, Jared, you said it early on. There's there's video where Mel Tucker comes in and he, I don't know if he punches or he does something to like the locker room door. So I don't know if something else is going to happen to him. You mentioned what their, their president said. So very interesting to see what happens there. But I mean, the big thing is it, it's just, it's just messy. I mean, it's easy for us to say, you know, like, uh, you know, point fingers basically, but it's to me, like maybe, maybe cause I've kind of been separated from it. You know, it's different for you guys. You, 
you live right next to Michigan, Michigan State fans. You work with them. You know, I, I mean, I do work with a few, I guess. But, you know, basically everyone you guys work with and see on a daily basis, it's either Michigan or Michigan State. Yeah. Being separated from that for, you know, a little while now, I, maybe I've almost been able to, like, take a step back and be like, that that rivalry, there's just a genuine, like, people don't like each other. Like, just flat out, like, you will lose friends over that rivalry almost. I mean, it, that's almost how bad it is. Yeah, I mean, check the comments, man. It, it, it's hilarious to see. That's when true, like, you, you know, like the, the the divide happens. Michigan versus Michigan State. Like, people will put on the blinders for whatever. When that video was posted, if you looked at the comments, <laughs> based on whether you were a State fan or a Michigan fan, <laughs> it totally changed how you viewed what happened in that tunnel, man. Yeah, it oh. was like, you know, people are taking shots at Andrew Anthony, even though he's not even, you know, the guy. He wasn't even video. in it. Uh, right. Michigan people are commenting how you know they showed more fight in that video than they did the entire game. I mean, <laughs> it's a great rivalry. That's definitely a little overboard. We don't want to see that. I mean, it sucks for both teams. What I got one final question before maybe we move on to Corona and our press spotlight. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys do? You guys like Mel Tucker? Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I was just texting like a friend, a friend group that I talk about all the time on this podcast about this and. We in that in that text thread we bash Izzo quite a bit during you know Ted you would not like like a lot of those texts but we're not fans of Tom Izzo just because the way he acts and on the sidelines and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff but I think genuinely I I said this in this thread earlier today even though we don't necessarily like Tom Izzo the basketball coach I feel like deep down you know we know he's probably a good dude yeah. you know he is you know he's annoying and all that kind of stuff but, you know he he's probably like a good guy for Michigan State and all that legend there's something about tucker that just seems like off like he really just got there got lucky with kenneth walker and now he's making 100 million dollars yeah and it doesn't seem like he has control of that program i don't know we don't know what's going to happen you know the the rest of his tenure there but it just doesn't seem the same i know we're, we're comparing him to yeah like you said Ted, a, a legend at michigan state one of the best college basketball coaches ever but izzo would never let his program something like that happen with the basketball program, I guess is kind of my point. Like as crazy and animated as Izzo gets yelling at the refs, yelling at his own players. I don't think you would ever see something unfold like that with Michigan state basketball. And well, to I, answer, I just, the, to whole, answer and the whole chop thing, the chop thing too. I'm just like, yeah. what are you, I, what is this? I don't, well, how would you answer Jared's question? Do you like him? I mean, I don't know him personally, so I can't speak on if I like right. him. I don't like him as a coach. I will say okay. that. I, yeah. I don't yeah. think he's I don't think he's always cracked up to be. He got I lucky with say, he got yeah. lucky with Kenneth Walker. That's, I would answer it this way from from afar, obviously watching it on television, watching how he operates. I don't like his antics. I mean, I just don't yeah. like the whole chop thing, the whole his face is gonna explode in anger, the whole game almost, you know. I know I get being intense. I understand that. I think a lot of that is now self-induced because of the contract. There's right. a lot of pressure involved. Yes. When you get 10 million dollars a year, there's high expectations. That's like uh Alabama type Nick Saban expectations, right. and that's a lot to ask for uh from Michigan State. It really is, you know. So and then you it, add in the you add in the stuff Jared's brought up, all the Instagram offseason, yeah, Lambo and Pitbull posts and all this stuff. It's like, all right, what are we doing? Every here? year it's gotten crazier and weirder. And, you know, I feel like we all just kind of noticed the whole chopping signal on the sideline. I, I've never noticed that it in previous nonstop. years. Um, I think this the, the last year's success definitely 
you know, made him a little too big for his bridges. I think I, mm-hmm. I, there's still gotta be something there, man. Right. I, I feel like yeah. he's probably a, a pretty good, damn good motivator. Um, obviously had, you really had played a pretty well, ga- pretty good game. Michigan State versus Michigan. I mean, a couple plays bounce the other way. I think it's like, a, it's a lot closer of a game, you know, maybe a one score ball game. And right. we all felt like Michigan was basically better at almost every position on that field yeah. other than wide out. Um, right. And so it's just I I like him I like him in this rivalry I don't like his antics I don't like his demeanor on the sidelines I don't like his Instagram I don't like his social media but I like him in this rivalry There's something about when yes, he's on that sideline man and they're cutting to him I feel like they're cutting to him a lot more than they were to Harbaugh They did He's just got some electricity toward him and and I'm, I don't want him to be you know canned after this year He won't be but right. I wanted to see this you know a few more years of this before maybe we get the next uh, next coach in there. That, that's a good take there, you know, and I will say this, and you you know, I, you both know I like Izzo. I really like Mark D'Antonio, too. I thought the guy, he was a great coach. Oh, yeah. A likable guy. He's, he was the kind of coach I could play for, you know, and he had class. And that I'll just leave it at that. Before we get to the prep spotlight stuff to end the uh, podcast, we got to touch on the Lions a little bit. I mean, we're recording this Sunday night. They lose. They're now one and six. Uh, you know, they ended up taking uh, – the, the defensive back number three overall, they could have had Tua. You know my stance on that back then. And Jared, you always you're a guy that says you got to draft a quarterback, got to build around a quarterback. You know, if we had Tua right now and and was still building around it, this is still a young team. We wouldn't have to worry about drafting a quarterback next year. But uh, you know, they're they're playing well enough to keep you entertained during the game, but losing, which is good. Keep that yes. draft stock going. The Rams lost today. You got right now. I think they got the number one and number 13 pick in the draft. Uh, you know, it's all good. Yeah. We, I mean, these are the, the, these games that, you know, that seemingly have no effect on the draft stock. They're the ones that you regret come, you know, March when <laughs> or April, excuse me, when the draft is happening. So I was happy to see them lose. Right. As, as crazy and as sad as that is, considering how much hype and excitement we had going into this year, you know, maybe if we win that Vikings game, maybe if we win that Seahawks game, I, I would have been like, living and dying on every snap today, but mm-hmm. let's just keep losing. Uh, and and if we're losing, it's a good day to be a Lions fan. <laughs> I didn't watch one second of the game today, and I'm, I'm glad I didn't. I was checking the score a little bit. Uh, so I saw the halftime score and I was like, oh, cool, they're playing well, but I almost guarantee they're going to blow yep. this. Sure enough, they did. And I don't I, I don't think that like all of a sudden everything would be fine if they would have drafted Tua because I think if Patrick Mahomes came to Detroit, he would probably be out of the league by now. There there's just a curse on mm-hmm. this franchise. Like how how are teams like the Jets? How is Geno Smith in Seattle looking mm-hmm. like he's a pro bowler? How are the Giants? They landed Daniel Jones and all of a sudden he's looking like the next Josh Allen. Right. Like, how is all this stuff happening? And they're they have first, I mean, not the Seahawks, but the, the Giants have you know, basically first time head coaches, the dolphins have a first time head coach and they're, they're figuring stuff out. The lions are just, there, there's something about it. And I honestly think it's almost like a curse that it's just a, it's a loser mentality. It's a, there's just a negative energy around that whole franchise. And I don't, I think Tua would probably be out of the league if they would have drafted him. I don't, I don't think that would have been like the saving grace. We had Matthew Stafford for 10 years and mm-hmm. that didn't do anything. And I definitely think Stafford's a better quarterback than Tua. So, you know, do you do you keep losing to draft another quarterback? Sure, do it again. I don't know. Bryce Young. Here's the thing: we need a Joe Burrow. You know, we need a like some guy that just got the moxie, got the the confidence, Mm -hmm. the belief. Not only just a good quarterback, 
but somebody who, as soon as he walks in, it's like the whole locker room is behind him. Right. Uh, and I don't know if that's in this draft. I hope it is. I hope right. we're at number we're drafting number one so that we can make that decision if, if there is that quarterback there. But uh, all we can do at this point is just keep losing, uh, except for Thanksgiving. As you guys know, that's always right. my one game that, you mm-hmm. know, we're zero and zero heading into that one. So that'll be an exciting one against the Bills. Well, hashtag yeah, against the best team in the league. All right. <laughs> Great. Well, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, I was going to say hashtag since 57, but there is something about that curse. You're right. I think uh, Peyton Manning's getting into it. it is, isn't he in one of his Peyton places going to dig, dig deep yeah. into that? I yeah. believe it, it just dropped today. Yeah. I mean, okay. yeah. I, I looked awesome. I had Jeff Daniels. You, yes. I'm surprised you didn't have a DVR already, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I don't have ESPN Plus, so I'm going to have to figure out how to watch it. <laughs> But uh, but I'll tell you what, there's something to be said about that. And th- call me crazy, guys. You know, I, I know this this franchise has been disturbing for a long time, but I was breaking it down today, just watching the young guys like Rodrigo, Hutchinson. You know, he was getting double teamed constantly. Wasn't really a big factor in the game, but you get that team a little help. They got some fairly decent young guys. They still haven't played Jamison. You know, he's probably – he might as well sit out the year and come yes, out yeah. fresh next year, yeah. but they got a pretty good, pretty good core of young guys. And if they can build it up a little bit more with this next draft, we already know this year's done. Am I crazy for thinking this team moves forward with some good talent, whether it's going to be Dan Campbell coaching them or not. I think they got some decent young talent on this team. This team had a head coach in Jim Caldwell who was living, winning 11 games a year going to right. the playoffs and they fired him Yep, for Matt Patricia. That says it all. I think that tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> I I, I want to be with you. Yeah, sure. Because I agree. There are pieces there. Right. I don't think Jared Goff is the answer. I don't Even think just going out and drafting a quarterback every four or five years is the answer, but you know, that's just, that's the NFL. That's what teams do. So I hope they don't draft CJ Stroud. I do know that. No. So <laughs> I'm not all out on Dan Campbell, but I getting close. It's pretty close. If, 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 if you're saying if Stroud comes out, let's say like this, this down the second half of the season, he lights up Michigan, five touchdowns, lights up the college football playoff, maybe leads Ohio State to a championship. Is there just something in your heart that you just could, you would still be anti Stroud coming to the Lions because of the OSU across his chest? It's not the, it's not the Ohio State thing. It's just the their Ohio track State record. Of, yeah, yeah, it's it. That's true. Like, I, that's a good point. If it was, you know, I like Jeff Okuda, I don't mind that he went to Ohio State, especially now he's playing well. It's Chris just Fielding that there's no be. good quarterbacks from Ohio State in the NFL. Yeah. Now, CJ Stroud might be the next Patrick Mahomes. Who knows? But I mean, t- today, if it was Stroud or, or Bryce Young, I'm going young all the way, man. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Even though he's a little small, but I'll take him. All right. Let's uh, let's wrap up the podcast. We always we said we wanted to keep it short and tight. Yeah. Let's uh, have our prep spotlight right after this. Looking to buy items online? Go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. 
Capital Sports Field House is the home of hit and pitch and a whole lot more. The 10,000 square foot turf field can be used for all indoor sports training, including football, baseball, basketball, softball, soccer, and many other activities. Hit and Pitch has seven indoor batting cages with full pitching tunnel and the state-of-the-art hit tracks training system utilized by MLB organizations. Located in the old Capitol Bowl J.C. Penny block on South Washington in Owasso, Michigan. For more details, call Capital Sports and Hit and Pitch at 989-472-4624 or online at capitalsportsfh.com. All right, it is time for the Prep Spotlight presented by Capital Sports Fieldhouse, and it's the high school football playoffs week one. Let's start right with our Corona Cavaliers. Uh, you know, we, we've used the cliche before, instant classic, but this was another instant classic. And, Matt, you had to appreciate, obviously, playing wide receiver and Jared as a quarterback, that uh, that uh, Wyatt Bauer to Tarek Bauer connection on the near sideline. I mean, I appreciate the fact you put my call to it on video. Yeah. That sounded great. but. Uh, that was a great play, man. As good a play I've ever seen at the high school level. It was it was outstanding. No, I was tuning in and out. Um, again, my parents were in town, so like I was wasn't listening to it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't listen to every second of your call, so That's sorry okay. about that. But I was no, I was checking sorry. in and out. I missed that play, but some friends that were at the game afterwards texted and they said like they were talking about that catch and they were like, it was Ted was saying best catch he's ever seen in high school football history. And, you know, just like hyping it up like crazy. So finally, when, you know, when you sent the, your record, you know, I, I wanted to listen to the call. And then I saw Tarek, he's been posting his, um, his highlights, you know, on huddle. I was wondering so, where you grabbed that from. Yeah. Wyatt. I think Wyatt, well, I think it was Wyatt that posted it, but no, Tarek did. I mean, I'm was the one that Derek? downloaded it. I, okay. I, okay. I, think I, I know where I got sorry. it. From. All right. <laughs> But no, they, they both do. But uh, but yeah, so I grabbed Terex. And so when I saw that catch on there, I was like, okay, I got to put the call to this. So awesome. Yeah, great catch. It was a classic hitch and go. Steve Herrick, you know, staple. I, I ran that 25 times when I was at Corona. It's a great know, it's a, play. It's a great play, especially if you've ran a hitch three or four times, you get them to bite. It was an incredible play. But it's the what I listened to of the game, let's go to the Corona. It did sound like an instant classic back and forth. I mean, you you said it before that these teams are pretty evenly matched. Like yeah. it almost could go either way. And that's what it sounded like. So cool to see Corona come out. That, Tough one against Portland coming up though. So yeah, we'll that, that was a, a big time win. That was one of those wins that it, they need, we needed as Corona fans, the Corona football team, they needed that win. Th- that game didn't mean that much to Williamson. It meant everything to Corona. You know, right. Williams was coming off a state championship of basketball. They're there. I think what what you say, Ted? They had 16 playoff appearances compared to Corona's uh, 11 in history. Probably right. a lot more playoff wins. And they were six and one against Corona too. All time. Yes. There's yeah. a lot of ghosts of CAAC White from mm-hmm. uh, you know when Corona used to play Williamson, Portland, uh, yep. LCC, all those schools. We I think we used to lose to Williamson by 30 every year. <laughs> so it must have been a little bit of a shock for them to end up losing that game. Same coach still over there that was would have been there for those beatings back in the early 2010s. Yep. Uh, my big takeaway from this, and you know, we've been kind of talking about the Bowers. Obviously, they're the big story. Uh, I'll go. Uh, it hurts me a little bit to say it, but uh, I think Wyatt's—he's the best quarterback run has ever seen. No, no question about it. He's only a junior, from what I've seen. I, I heard he already broke the single season uh, throwing touchdown record. Yeah, uh, he's 19. Like 18, 19 now. I mean, going into his senior year, I just think of like kind of we all experienced it. You know, that jump from your junior year to your senior year, the game slows down so much. I mean, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't ellipse you know, 30 touchdowns next year uh, combined, especially maybe even throwing by itself. I just am really impressed with him. I remember 
you know, back in the day when we would have 6 a.m. workouts, he was like a fifth grader coming to a workout at 6 a.m. And I just, that really impressed me. Uh, and it's yeah. just no surprise to see how successful they are. Uh, like I said, another big CAAC white, uh, you know, ghost of girlfriend's past matchup with Portland. A uh, lot of demons to exercise on that field. Yeah, especially, I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, the experience. Yeah, that jump from junior year to senior year usually is a, a pretty good one. He's got a ton of experience already under yeah, his yeah. belt. He's got his leading receiver coming back too. So, right. I mean, that I, mean, I they're, they're focused on this year, but, man, they're, they could be lethal next year. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I tend to agree with what you're saying, Jared. I won't come right out and say the greatest of all time at Corona, but I will say this. He throws a real nice ball, you know, and he's got the athletic ability to run out of the pocket right. and and streak down the field for a touchdown. So he's got all the tools for sure. And I got to give you a few props, too. After your junior year, you dedicated yourself to really get in shape and get ready for your senior year. And you had a huge senior year yourself. So well done, young man. A compliment from the old guy. How about that? Thank you. It's going to be interesting. Corona, if I'd say. It's turned into been... a good job, Jared. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> here, I mean, I mean, I guess it's, I mean, it, it's interesting that you won't come out and say that, Ted. I, I mean, it's, it's Clough or it's him. I mean, and I, I just personally don't think there's any debate. I mean, he's, he's really good. He, like you mentioned the speed, it's got a great arm. I just can't wait to see what they do with the whole off season. You know, I, my challenge to them, you know, they don't listen to us probably I think we're old geezers or whatever, but my challenge to them would be in this off season, you know, how can you make your entire team better? Not just, yeah. not just you two leadership. Who can you go recruit in those halls? That's not playing football right now. Who can, how can you really round this team into shape? Uh, for next year but let's worry about now but i'm just saying right, in this off season right. man it should be a great off season well i will well, tell I mean, you a big thing would be like you know just going off of our previous prep spotlights let's let's draw from our previous shows yeah duran's coach even though um i mean we'll talk about it maybe in a minute duran did lose their first round game against lansing catholic so a little bit of an upset there mm-hmm. but coach john webb when he was on he talked about that off-season commitment when they brought amari coleman in to do speed training. Right. It was a, it was a 12 month around the clock, you know, weightlifting program, getting everyone in there. So kind of like what you're talking about, Jared, not just the Bowers, not just, you know, a couple of the other skill players, you got to, as much as you can get everyone in that locker room or in that gym and, you know, working out, running routes, just doing anything, you know, just staying around each other, staying friends, talking about football, you know, all that kind of stuff. Cause whatever they're going to do, who knows how far they're going to go. You know, if you want to take that next step, you got to do a little more. You can't just yep. expect just because you're a year older, you're going to be that much better. Yeah, right. I agree with all that. That's perfect. And even just a one game turnaround after that over to Elsie loss, you know, my sources, I had some inside sources. I heard there was a little players only meeting to focus for this Williamson oh, year. Yep. And they, they they looked like a whole different team than when they played over to Elsie. Kind of over to Elsie. I think they went over there with the... And, and again, I can't speak for everybody, but it kind of had the feel like they thought they were going to take care of business right. over there, you know, and they got rid of that mindset and said, we got to concentrate on what it needs to, to be what we have to do to beat Williamson. And it was just a great game all around. That was a really good Williamson team, too. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. And yeah, we, we talked about it or I brought it up quickly. So I was just going to read off a few of the other area scores that, yeah. um, you know, around. So Duran did end up losing to Lansing Catholic. You know, we talked about it. Last week, or I don't remember if it was with Brandon Green or one of our guests that, you know, Lansing Catholic returning state champion, they did go down a division, but, you know, you had to wonder, and they, they maybe, well, they, they were five and four going into yeah, the yeah. playoffs, you know, maybe a little bit of a down year. Durand hasn't been in the playoffs, or at least, you know, in that position, nine and oh, 
you know, hosting like that in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Was it an experience versus, you know, a David Goliath type of thing? You know, one of those. It, did did Duran just run up against a a better team? You know, clash of I think Jared, you might have said it like two clashing styles. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It, it. What a bummer, man. Just a heartbreaking loss. I mean, this is. It's a thing that's sad about you know programs like Corona, programs like Duran. Um, when you don't have the consistent success year after year, you really notice it in a game like that. You know, 21, 21 and a half, LCC scores seven unanswered uh, to end up winning the game. I mean, it's it's one of those things, and I, I was actually thinking about this. You know, imagine, you know, if we're looking at Corona standards, right? Imagine, you know, you think of how we have like one good class every like five years. Imagine mm-hmm. if we could stack those those four really good, cl- like those good classes, like four right in a row, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. And maybe they didn't even play with each other, but if they were just walking the halls with each other, right. seeing what the what the class above them did, you know, they oh we, they made it to district finals. They, they were you know one score away from beating you know South Christian or whatever. Uh, if if you could just build that sort of camaraderie within your school and within your program, I just think it really uh, pays off. And LCC, I mean, we just saw it. I still feel like Durant was probably the better team. It just was a really bad draw, man. Yeah. yeah. And it takes a couple bad breaks, too. I think LCC scored right three seconds before halftime, had that momentum going to the locker room. I don't know who had the ball to start the second half. But little things like that, I think Duran got stopped a couple times on fourth down. And we said off record, I don't know the full stats on the game, but when you get to the playoffs, you, you can't have the Michigan mentality and just constantly run the ball. you got to be able to throw the ball a little bit to, to go deep into the playoffs. And, yeah. again, I don't know if that had anything to do with it because we know, though, that Duran, real run-heavy team, and right. uh, Lansing was good. I mean, LCC has just always had one, one of the more advanced – I mean, Jim Ahern, legendary yep. Michigan coach. I mean, now he has a successor, and there's already won a state championship for himself. I, right. I'm blanking on the name, but they've always just had a very, you know, almost like a college-level offense spread mm-hmm. style. That yep. just, you know, a team like Duran, they didn't see that all year. Uh, and just, you know, 28 points, that's the most Duran's defense gave up all year, I'm pretty sure. Right. Uh, so it's just it's just one of those things, man, where it's a tough team to face. And if you don't have the athletes to cover out in that perimeter, it, it can be a long night. Yeah, you're yep. close. I think they did have that shootout with Montrose. I think they both right. were in the 50s. <laughs> so, yeah, they doubled that up one game. But, <laughs> but yeah, point, point still stands. And another one, New Lothrop won 47 to 30. It sounds like it was basically almost like a running clock type of situation, like backups were in. And it, that that just made me think, I mean, kind of like talking about the experience versus a team that maybe hasn't been there in a really long time. Even though New Lothrop dropped a couple, one, two, Durant, mm-hmm. New Lothrop and, you know, Coach Galvis, they've been there. I mean, you don't know how far they're going to go, but it, all, it almost always seems like they're probably always going to win their first round game. You know, yeah. like, unless they're really down. Right. But, you know, like that those first round matchups, they could probably always figure out a way to pull those ones out, it seems like. Well, talk about a stat, too. I mean, they got another classic good quarterback, a junior, Jack Kalhanik. He accounted for all seven touchdowns, you know. <laughs> Four touchdown passes and three runs. I mean, That's insane. That is insane. And they, they have a great matchup this uh, round two of the playoffs against Puama Westphalia. Talk yep. about state championship resumes, huh? It's gonna be yeah. a good. Match. Always a great game, man. That's that's like a Michigan Michigan State type rivalry. Always fun. I feel like Puamo definitely has the advantage. It seems like they more more often than not they win that game. But what's fun is whoever wins that game usually goes on to win the state title. So right. And even Puamo, they're they're limping into the playoffs at five and four, right? But they they schedule a bunch of a ton of like tough opponents, don't they? Yeah, they played Lansing Catholic. I mean, they played other other right. upper schools. So, but that game is at New Lothrop, so give the Hornets a little advantage on that. 
Um, and then also, I mean, you got in your score, I'm sure, Morris, a little bit of a surprise. They were the road team on the road at Peck and just pounded them 62 to six in eight man football. That's a blowout. <laughs> 62 to 6. I mean, we talked about with Snooze and some of the other people about, you know, expanding the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You would get a lot of those kind of games if you right. expanded the playoffs in yeah. that first round. You know, I always think about this when I hear those eight-man scores, man. You know, you think about like an 11-man team. You know, you got 40 guys on the sideline. Mm-hmm. You got different subs. You can substitute in and out. When you're just getting pounded in eight-man, there's like you and like 10 <laughs> other guys. There's no one else to turn to. Yes. <laughs> there's no one to turn to. You are – you. the buck stops with you. And so I always just think about that, man. It'd be horrible. Yeah. But Morris, man. Ted, have you awesome. been able to call uh, many Morris games since they've went eight-man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done a couple games. In fact, last year we did a playoff game that they were upset. You know, I thought really yeah. they were going to win the state championship last year. And I think we did a second round Saturday night game that they got upset at home at the Field of Dreams. In fact, yeah. they got they finally got a press box there this year. But last year we were under a tarp up at the top of the bleachers. But <laughs> eight man football actually it's, it's fun, man. It is. It's, it's not it, it's it's not a whole hell of a lot different than eleven no, man. You know, not. it's wide open. Couple different, open. couple less linemen. You know, yeah, that's, that's the that's big, that's the big difference really, which really is fine. Just take those linemen <laughs> away, but, but no, it'd, it'd be cool to see if they can make a run. I mean, there's some, there's some area teams, Corona being one, obviously new little turp over Elsie. Yeah. Morris. There's some ones that they, they could make a little noise. Well, let's not forget over Elsie. You know, Jared, you talked about it last week. You know, you want to go into the playoffs on a high and they couldn't go much higher than that overtime win over Corona. And then they went on the road and beat Almont 21 to 14 Tokar, their quarterback, all three touchdowns for the Marauders. I mean, they're on a little bit of a roll right now. And they, uh, who do they have coming up? They, well, they have Lansing Catholic. Who knows? Who knows what could happen in that game? It would have been a lot of fun to see Ovid Elsie versus Duran. Yeah, uh, I'll, yeah. Just, I'll just, you know, turn the page on that. It'll be fun to see this one, man. I just yeah. give another shot. That's another one of those, you know, Ovid Elsie. This is a big, big game for them, LCC. You know, maybe I'm, you know, casting a little bit of a stereotype over that, but. I don't think it means that much, as much to them. Coming off a state championship game, right. you know they're happy that they won week, uh, playoff game number one. But if you're over at LC, man, just come in with nothing to lose. Why? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, they got some talent, and I, and I think I've said it before. They, their coach Travis Long, you know, he's he's put up some nice numbers, kind of under the radar a little bit, a little underrated, I think. But he's doing a nice job over there at OE. And so. I'm, I'm fairly certain OE. Had, uh, I think his last name was like Newell. I'm pretty sure they had like at, a Division one quarterback. That, <laughs> believe yeah. it or not, over else he had a Division one quarterback transferred out. To uh, yeah, to Lake Orchard Saint Lake St. Mary. Mary, Axel Newell. Absolutely yeah. right. So it's just, I mean, it would have been fun to see that, you know, take place with him at uh, behind under center, but whatever. They're they're seem to be just fine without him. So yeah, great yeah. basketball player too, as well. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we want to wish all our teams the best of luck heading into week two of the playoffs. Uh, if you're a, a fan of radio, definitely check Z925 out Monday morning to uh, officially find out what game we're broadcasting and we'll see where we're at. Do you guys want to call it a podcast and get the heck out of here? You got parent duties to, to take yes. care of, Matt. Sounds good. All right. Well, this has been the Three Point Podcast. Uh, our partners include Memorial Healthcare, home of the new Now well, Community Wellness Center, their fall open house coming up on November 16th, 4 to 7. Tours, raffles, discounts off enrollment fees, 50% as a matter of fact. It all takes place November 16th at the Now Building on North Shiawassee Street in Owasso, Michigan. And SkyMint Cannabis. Uh, the MSU players are stopping in there tomorrow. Michigan's leader in the industry with many convenient locations throughout Michigan. Use that coupon code 3.20 at the front of the store for 20% off your first purchase. 
And make sure you let all our great partners know you listen in and enjoy the show. They include AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage, and Servicing. And don't forget the good guys at Chi-Town. Coming up November 5th at the Bus Stop Bar and Grill in Birch Run, and they'll be playing at Rivals Thanksgiving Saturday night, November 26th. So get your tables reserved for that one now. So until next week, so long, everybody. Peace and love. Be kind. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.